All right, where were you this weekend? I don't know uh, where you were, but I know what I did and what a weekend it turned out to be. We've seen this time and time again as, as seasons come to the end. And you're, you're kind of waiting for drama. We got it this weekend. So many things to talk about. I'm Eric Winaldo. This is For the Win, the podcast, that is. I'm coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios here at the Win Hotel, Resort, and Casino, which is, uh, it's really starting to heat up, by the way. I only know that because of the people that walk by my window and they all have bathing suits on. But uh, the summer has almost arrived. But let me catch you up on everything that we know going into uh, going into this weekend, which we'll, we'll see the Champions League crown a champion. And we all know who's in that deal. But it came down to the, this thing got so weird. If you, were, if you got up on Sunday morning, everything starts at eight o'clock and that's on the West Coast. And the picture changed so many damn times that nobody could keep up with it. And, and I, I actually got a little upset because, you know, the people covering, I'm not going to even mention their name. The people covering the EPL right now didn't have the understanding of having a whip around show, then doing it right at least. I got to give my buddy Jason Wormser, when, back when Fox had the, the rights to the EPL for doing it right. And we were actually, I was the guy in studio when Aguero scored that goal. And we were able to, to really, you know, and I think the reason why its story is so amazing uh, and, the, and the way that that game, you know, came to an end and how everything just unfolded and, and it just was an amazing, amazing ending. This almost rivaled it. Essentially, you know, the number one nemesis that uh, Man City could have and, the, and the, the, big, the guy that wanted this probably more than some of the people in the stands would have been Stevie Gerrard. And he almost pulled it off. And Cartinho, of all people, gets the second goal. So they're up 2-0, right? They're up 2-0. And you got, you got Liverpool fighting for that, that second goal that, that would have... So it starts to... Everything is, is unbalanced. They get, you know, Liverpool goes down in the, in the third minute. I, they tie it up. And now we're just sitting there trying to watch everything at the same time. And still, still, most Americans having this, this other focus on what, what the hell was going to happen with Leeds. And Burnley. And Burnley can't figure out how to beat Newcastle because Newcastle, by the way, Newcastle's going to be good next year. They're already pretty damn good. They figured it out near the end. They hired the right manager and Burnley fired the wrong manager. And that's the way this thing all just ran out. And, it, and even at the end, when Burnley pulled one back on Newcastle, now it's, it's one to two. It's still one to one with leads and you're thinking, okay, one goal, one way or the other. And this thing is, and it's all going to change right in front of our eyes. And then we got to see the, again, Ellen road with the late goals. It wasn't even Ellen road. It was actually in Brentford, but Ellen road is where, where all the other ones happened. I'm going to look this up, but I think there's more 90 plus goals scored by leads this year than the entirety of last year. So Jesse Marsh, congratulations. Great speech at the end too. Chanting his name. And he, he came, comes in and tells the team, they can chant my name. It's not about me. It'll never be about me. I'm not going to bow to that. It's going to be us. Go find that on Twitter because it's a pretty damn cool speech. Holding a beer, by the way. That's how you do it in Milwaukee. When you're from Milwaukee. You got to have a beer in your hand when you make, give speeches like that. That's the way it works. I mean, it's a, it's a brewing city. And that's where uh, Jesse Marsh is from, if you were unaware of that. Big beer drinker. But... Uh, He's in the right place. He's in the right end. I don't think he's going to have to buy a beer for a long time. He walks into any establishment 
uh, and and they're gonna they're gonna take care of business. And here's what I think is gonna happen with Leeds before I get into the other stuff because we still got to talk about Liverpool, and Real Madrid. Mbappe is staying at PSG. They make that announcement, all that talk and all that drama and all that BS. And guess what? He's staying. Holland's out, so it, it made sense to me. You're not gonna you know, change the picture too much. And I think I think Mbappe is people forget he's French. He likes it there. Maybe he doesn't like Benzema. I don't know. But here's what's going on with Leeds, and 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 I think that they're. There's going to be some movement here, and if it's Phillips and it's it's going to be Rafinha on the on the way out, they're going to make some money. And there's already talk of Aronson coming in from Salzburg for thirty million dollars, thirty million bucks for the American. Let's keep in mind, Erling Holland went for twenty million dollars from the same club. So again, here we go. I get it. You know, that's what the market is saying, but let's not create another Ricardo Pepe here, okay? Let's not put that much pressure on this kid. 30 million bucks. Honestly, God, I 10 tops. And now, now, now my, my mind starts swirling like, okay, who are the agents? Who's involved here? What is going on? $30 million. I don't have to remind anybody that Leeds did this before. They overspent. They ended up in administration. It took them a long time to get relevant because they got caught up in a moment. Leads, don't do that again. Don't do that again. Get, get, just don't do that again. And I, and I, I think if, if we get to the end here and that number's a little bit lower and cool, cooler heads prevail, that's actually a very good thing. But in the end, all right, so let's, let's put that to the side for a minute. Congratulations to Jesse Marsh. I didn't think you were going to be able to pull it off. I thought Burnley would get a tie. I did. And I thought Leeds would tie. And, I, and that wasn't going to be enough. But I was wrong. It's a loss and a win. They went out on their own. Great celebrations and they are in. So that's not an apology, but man, I was going with the odds. I'm sitting here in Vegas. The odds weren't with you, man. It was bad. It was bad. It didn't look good. It didn't look good, but it, it, it turned out okay. My bigger concern was in the event that, that Jesse Marsh would have been relegated with Leeds or, or Leeds was relegated with Jesse Marsh at the helm that there would be talk of firing him and or him trying to navigate through the championship, which there's no chance he would have it. I still will go on the record to say that I do not think that Jesse Marsh is equipped for this job in the long run, in the long run. In the sense, in the long run, he will be. But in, in this short-term project to try and get out of, releg- uh, to, to not be relegated, there was not a whole lot that made sense. And for those of you who remember after that first win and that dramatic win in Ellen Road way back when, a couple of months ago, you remember the guys that hired him up in the stands with their, with their hand in their face crying? Oh my God, we hired we hired the right guy, I think. Well, right now he's the right guy. And congratulations to him. But man, I, I, I got to tell you, I know nothing on his resume would give you the idea that, that he was qualified for this. But what I will say about Jesse Marsh is he's qualified to lead men. He's qualified to be a leader. And he never wavered. He never wavered once. Once. It didn't seem to me that he ever did. But congratulations. That is one hell of an accomplishment. He is a friend. I love him to death. And I know that they are celebrating. And that's, uh, and you know what, it's, it's, you know, whatever happens next and who knows, I mean, anything can happen in football, but you know, I hope, I hope they balance those books, right? They're going to get a big payday for Rafinha. Rafinha has gone. Calvin Phillips is gone. This is a guy that has, he's on the, he played in the Euros for England. I mean, this is a guy that has aspirations to be uh, playing in Europe and that will not be what leads. Leeds will be, you know, playing against you know, survival again, but if they manage their books and they do a Newcastle, because guess what? Newcastle is going to be a player in this. We got a couple of teams coming back in in the mix. You know, Burnley, Watford, and Norwich. Thank goodbye, and they'll be back. That's what they do. They go down, they come back. 
and that'll happen and we'll figure out who, uh, who replaces him. Now, um, in all of this, remiss is the fact that Man City had one of the most unbelievable comebacks in the history of the EPL. Let's just go through this. They're down to nothing in the 70th minute. Let's just say that out loud against Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa, who has only registered three shots up to that point. And two of them went in. And you're losing 2-0. And Gundogan is, is the one that, that actually gets the, the game winner. And, this, and the reaction and every Three goals in seven minutes, I think it was. I'll take a peek again. I don't remember exactly how fast it was, but I'll tell you what. That was amazing. Oh, man. They didn't score a goal. I think this was 76 minute. It might have been less than seven minutes. If you really look, I don't know. Put a, put a stopwatch on that. But I mean, three goals in six, seven minutes. Going back to the Aguero moment, you know, that is as great as that was, and, and you know, Martin Tyler's call. Just legendary. I just never heard his voice ever do that. With the Aguero, oh, that was, that was amazing. And Balotelli was a part of that. And that thing went right down to the wire. But, but this was different. This was an unbelievable six minutes. Oh, and it just broke Liverpool's heart because they actually... Actually, we're in a situation with, with, with uh, Mo Salah gets the goal. Three to one wasn't enough. Even though uh, Salah, I think Salah will share the golden boot. Yeah. And Kevin De Bruyne is going to get the uh, player of the year, rightly so. That's the fourth title in five years for Pep, Man City. That's off to them. And if you missed it on Twitter, I don't know where you'll find this, but there's a, uh, a running bald guy with underwear and socks on who does a slide in the middle of Man City's... Uh, Locker room in the midst of all the cheers and somebody actually was smart enough to have their phone on for that. That's Pep Guardiola. I didn't need to see that. He still has socks on. He has underwear and socks. Otherwise, he's naked. And he just does the, you know, right through the middle of their uh, locker room. But I'll tell you what, that, I mean, to a team that, that went through so much this year, uh, yeah, you really have to say deserve a champions for, uh, for Manchester City. Now, in all of this, there was also this lingering part of who's going to come in fourth, who's going to come in fourth, and who's going to uh, the Europa Conference League. How's that going to all? How's that all going to go? Manchester United lose on the last day, one nothing, uh, to somebody who who wanted to beat him more than anyway, and Patrick Vieira. You remember those epic battles with Patrick and as captain of Arsenal, and his full blown hate for Roy Keane. So he got he he did his part right. So he he. Did, <laughs> He did his part, but West Ham uh, just couldn't close the deal and they're going to end up in seventh and Manchester United will get that sixth spot. But in, in all of this, Spurs basically blast their way into the Champions League. And it, it, is not, it has not been easy going for, for Antonio Conte, but I said this on the podcast. I said, if, look, if, you're gonna, if it's really going to come down to managers, who are you going to back? You're going to back Arteta or you're going to back Conte? And, and, and what's interesting about Antonio Conte after their game against each other, he treated Arteta like a child. He says, I know he's a young manager, but let me give you a little advice. Stop yelling at refs. I mean, he was like, you know, to me, I mean, that's, you know, just a backhanded slap. Arsenal get the great win. They're going to go to Europa League. They win five to one. They proved their point. But all Spurs really had to do was tie. They just spanked Norwich five, five nil and they'll, and they'll play in the Champions League again. And that makes so much, to me, you know, looking at the at the uh, the managers who will be in the Champions League next year for the EPL, if Conte actually stays, I mean, he's always one of those guys. He could do something great for a club, and he's always going. Oh, I don't know if I want to be here. 
It's like the way he does it. We got Spain in first, Germany, Germany, and Italy. And then in fifth, of course, Pep's understudy, Spain. And then if you, you can say whatever you like, but this was probably one of the worst experiments of all time with Manchester United and Ralph Reinick. To come in sixth, the way they, that's, a, that's the lowest number of points I think they've had I don't, since, maybe two, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, but look it up. You look it up. I'm not in the, I'm not in the mood today. But it, anything that gets over 10 years, I, I, I don't look up. That's what statisticians do. They, they want to, oh, this is a really impressive stat. It hasn't happened in 30 years. Okay, great. But all I know is this was terrible. Ralph Reinick was not a good. And uh, Eric Ten Hag is already in town. He's already been announced. He is there. Not much to smile about watching his team lose or his future team. And now he's got some decisions to make. Is he going to build around Ronaldo? Probably not. Probably not. With all these rumors swirling around about what Messi's going to do, is he really going to Miami? Is he really going to be 25% owner for $200 million or whatever the hell those numbers were? Maybe. I don't know. But in the spirit of competition, I wouldn't be surprised if Ronaldo starts to talk about, well, maybe I want to go to America now. So we'll just start that fight on American soil. We've been trying to do that for a long time. We've been trying to do El Clasico and bring it over to the United States and all that business. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe they both end up playing MLS next year. Either way, that'd be fairly interesting. Uh, you know, just a quick note on Kylian Mbappe. So he's going to stay. And this, this is, I, I wouldn't call it a slap in the face. I mean, I, I, you know, Real Madrid usually is used to being that, you know, really sexy girl that says, that gets to decide who they want to date. And usually if they call you, you go out with them. Mbappe just wasn't interested. And I'll, I'll go back to, even after the World Cup, after the World Cup win, they got a $500,000 a $500, bonus. Mbappe donated that to a charity. And when asked why did he do that, his, his answer was, this money doesn't change my life, but it's going to change theirs. So this, this shouldn't surprise anybody that Kylian Mbappe, being the person that he is, as, as, and the people that run his life, basically, in, in, in essence, who are the people that are in his ear? Who is he getting his guidance from? Who are his agents? Who are the people behind the curtain, if you will? You know, it's not, uh, this is not a shot at Mina, but, you know, or Mino, but um, that was an agent that said, it's my way or the highway. His people are basically saying to their client, where do you want to be? And they don't try to influence the athlete into going somewhere because the group makes money. It's just strange. If you're living in a house and you love your house and you love your life and you just like the way the house works and, and you like the way the the garden looks when you're in your kitchen in the morning, getting a cup of coffee and you I like it here. Some people don't do the grass is greener. And then Kelly Mbappe is one of those people. And don't be disappointed with him. The guy won a world cup as a teenager for crying out loud. I give him a ton of credit, a ton of credit. Cause I remember when Mario Götze did this for Germany and he just fell off the rails. He was done because where are you going to go from there? You're 21 years old. And this is on your resume. Oh, by the way, I scored the game-winning goal in the World Cup final against Argentina to win the World Cup. That's on my resume. Where do you go from there? You're 21 years old. What's left? Money or? No, he ended up playing at Eindhoven because that's where his girlfriend lived. That's what happened. So, you know, some of us are like, you know, is it about the career? Is it about the money? How much money can I make? I mean, I, I was in this boat. We made a hell of a lot less money in my day, but I was worried about my future. I was trying to accumulate enough wealth so I didn't have to worry about this because you only have a limited window. You get hurt, it's over. And that's what happened to me. But if you're Mario Götze, 
at the age of 21 and you score the game-winning goal for your country and you, you fail to find motivation a month later to get up in the rain and train in Dortmund, it's actually forgivable. What, what do you, you want to you throw rocks at the guy? No, you can't. It's like, it's like Iniesta. Iniesta is the only soccer player in Spain that no matter where he plays, he gets a standing ovation. Because he too, in overtime, scores a goal that wins Spain the World Cup against the Netherlands. Now, he was you know, far into his career, but if you watch, Iniesta's game dropped a bit after that. It's human. We're sitting here trying to you know, create expectations for ourselves and we're trying to set goals. But what are, you, what are we going to do with Kylian Mbappe? Is it about the money? Is he going to do with Gareth Bale to go over there and make more money than everybody? Actually do very well and it's still not enough. Stay happy. Stay in the kitchen. Enjoy your garden and the coffee or tea or whatever the hell you drink. I, I, I give them a lot of credit. I give them a lot of credit. Just It's not shunning Real Madrid. They're not used to that. This is like the spoiled brat girlfriend or uh, girl that thinks that just because she's prom queen that you're supposed to just bow down to her just if she asks you to go with her. I like it when you say no. Huh? I don't know. It's like that. It was a dumb movie. Like, she's all that. I never, it was like Freddie Prince was in that, I think. Why am I admitting that I've seen this movie? Anyway, it's the same thing. Sometimes a pretty girl ain't that pretty. And when you know the inside of what you're getting into, when it comes to this club, he loves being there. And that's where he's going to stay. His only quote that really, you know, there's a couple of quotes that came out, but, you know, leaving my country isn't the right thing. What are you going to say to him? For, are you going to come after him for that? I mean, is he going to get booed when, when uh, you know, PSG plays against Real Madrid next year and, and they get put in the same? We're all kind of rooting for that now, right? They're all going to get put in. They're going to have to play against each other and it's going to be, oh, we're all going to be watching. And the ratings will be off the hook and this, that, and the other. And it's like, I don't know. It's like one of those things where I'm, I'm on the player's side because every once in a while we have to, and you can see it in other sports and basketball or what are you chasing? Are you chasing the money or the titles or the, and, and then we, we throw rocks at someone like Paul Pogba because he's basically saying, I'm not going to City because he, out of respect for Manchester United. And that's the smart thing to say because I really think the fear is if he goes to City, he's actually afraid of their fans. They've already broken into his house this year. This is, this is a flashback to uh, Di Maria. If you remember, in his time at Manchester United, they, they, they decided to not like him for a couple of weeks and broke into his house. Stole a bunch of stuff. It's terrible. It's terrible. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what is wrong with, with Manchester United. I certainly thank God that I'm not involved with it in the sense that I have to care about that club. My, I have two sons that do that, you know, they wear the shirt, they get up, they watch the games, they ask me questions. I don't, I don't, I don't give many answers. Now, somewhere in all this, I should mention AC Milan has won uh, the Serie A. And Giroud is, again, a Frenchman. who is completely underrated. Uh, but this is the first trophy in 11 years, folks. So welcome back to the show, AC Milan. Which is pretty cool. I love that. Uh, there was, over the weekend as well, the, well, the culmination of, of the German Pokal, which is their... Their cup, that was Freiburg and Leipzig. Leipzig, uh, Leipzig is the winner, which means uh, our own Tyler Adams has uh, got a trophy. Yes, we saw a bunch of that on Twitter. It looked like he slept with the damn thing. There's going to be some problems, though. Some problems. 
I'm not, I'm going to leave the names out of it, but I did see several photos of Leipzig players pouring Red Bull into the German cup. That is not going to end well for those individuals. They already are hated for not being a traditional club. Red Bull, we all know the story of how they did it. Red Bull it changed. They took, they, they commandeered the small little club. They manipulated the vote so they could get in and they went five, four, three, two, one. Now they're in the champions league. And now they're winning the German cup. So the traditionalists and the 49% that usually uh, ownership represents in bigger clubs, it changes a little bit. So those guys that poured Red Bull into the German cup, call your agents, get out of Germany. I hate to say it, but I mean, they're going to get abused bad. And there might be somebody that takes it too far. That was just a dumb move. Dumb to the nth degree, dumb. All right, last bit. Uh, The United States national team has released uh, their roster. If you weren't aware of this, let me give you the rundown. The United States will play against Morocco and Uruguay, who are very two very good opponents. Those friendlies will be on June 1st and June 5th, respectively. And then, of course, these matches will be followed by what we have, uh, what we're calling it, the CNL games uh, against Granada. Is it Granada or Granada? It's Granada. Sounds like something. That's going to be in Austin, Texas. And on June 10th will be the away match against El Salvador four days later. So this is the group that uh, Greg Berhalter has decided to bring in. And there's a couple of interesting names in here, which I think is really cool because it's really a resurgence of some guys and some, uh, I would say a reward for some guys who, who really deserve it, to be honest. I mean, some familiar faces in there, but Joe Scally is going to be coming in. He's still sitting. When you, when you print these things out, he, he's still sitting on a zero zero, which means zero appearances and zero goals. But uh, he, he made the list, which I thought was interesting. Cam, uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, who's currently at Celtic. He's had eight games with the United States. Uh, but if you've been following him, he's had some timely goals. He's had some great performances. He had some injuries that he dealt with all going all the way back to his days at Tottenham. But uh, it's great to see him back. Our goalkeepers are expected. Our Horvath, I'd skip them, sorry. Horvath, Zach Steffen, and Matt Turner. Matt Turner is healthy again, and Zach Steffen is still in there. He's got 29 games for the national team and uh, is currently celebrating the fact that he's going to get a ring and is a, a champion of England once again. Because that's, that's twice for him. I don't think he has 29 games in the last three years for Manchester City. Uh, I'm going to have to look that, that, that one up. But I don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. All this talk about uh, Gaga Slonina, you know, as, he's the goalkeeper at, at Chicago. I think he's 18 now, finally. He's had some interest from the Poland national team to try to call him in. I would go with him. I would go with him. He's getting games. He's had a great start. <laughs> it was bad karma, man. I don't know who was in charge of his uh, Twitter account, but he was celebrating all these... Uh, Every single time there was another zero and they'd, they'd tie zero, zero. They'd win one, nothing. It was like, how great is this kid? Seven games and six shutouts. He's amazing. <laughs> oh boy. They're currently in last place. They lost again this weekend. And I think he's taken four or five a couple times now. So it's been a, uh, since, since all that business, you know, not that I'm the master prognosticator, but um, I did kind of warn those people not to do that. Because karma's a bitch. That's what's going on. So we we got our goalkeepers. I mean, Bellow's coming back in, which is great. Uh, We expected Reggie Cannon to come back in. Carter Vickers, as I mentioned. Aaron Long, who's having some issues at Red Bulls. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy long enough. 
uh, Eric Palmer Brown, I guess that's that's the, the name now. And then uh, Anthony Robinson, which I expected. Uh, congratulations to him. They're going to be playing in the uh, EPL next year. Joe Scally and then uh, DeAndre Yedlin and Walker Zimmerman. So of that back line group, we've had a couple of just more recently move, but only two that are currently playing in uh, Major League Soccer being Aaron Long and uh, Walker Zimmerman. The midfielders, it gets a little interesting. So Kellen Acosta, who's, who's uh, is actually having a great year, right? 51 times he's already played for his country. He's got a couple goals in there. Uh, I think, you know, don't jump on him. It, please don't do that. He's actually playing well enough and it deserves to be there. And he's proven time and time again, and especially in these summer events, that he's a great asset. Tyler Adams coming off of that uh, cup win will be a part of this group. Happy to see Luca De La Torre. Weston McKinney back uh, after um, a long, long break. Uh, and and I'm just to, to get everybody to understand it, look, this is a game on the 1st, 5th, 10th, and 14th. Don't expect to see a lot of Weston McKinney. That, that trip and putting him on this list is more about getting him with the doctors and making sure that uh, they're on track, that he's going to be ready for the World Cup. That's not really... It doesn't mean that you, you should get frustrated if you don't see him out on the field. If he gets a total of 60 minutes out of this, out of this run of games in June, that's great. It's great. And you got to manage it. And I, I know Greg Berhalter's is smart like that. He'll, he'll make sure that they're, they're managing it and they get the appropriate minutes out of him. Yunus uh, Musa from out of Valencia. He's only on 16 games. Christian Roldan, which is uh, playing for Seattle Sounders still. Uh, I don't think he'll ever go anywhere, but he's 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 been mentioned on numerous occasions as being one of the glue guys that uh, Berhalter just loves his attitude and he, and he pushes the group. Got to have guys like that. So all of you people that, are, that don't like him, just shut the hell up and let the guy do his thing. He's a good team guy. Um, Malik Tilbin is the other one. So this is an interesting one. He's getting minutes with Bayern Munich. Right? He hasn't played for us yet, but this is a real interesting integration of a, of a, of a brand new face. Uh, so I'm, let's keep an eye on that. That's, um, I think he's 19 years old, maybe 20. And that's, you know, that's something. That's something. And then the last one on that list is uh, Jordi Mihaljevic, uh, who to me is long overdue. He's already had six times with the country, only scored once, but damn it, that's pretty good. And I hope he, if I mean, we were talking about McKinney not getting minutes, I, I think uh, we're hoping that Jordi gets minutes. And that's, and he needs those minutes because I, I've said this before on this podcast. Like if I was putting together a list of guys that I wanted to, that I, when I do these uh, assessments and or these uh, consulting gigs that I do now for teams that are in Europe, you know, teams that, that are saying, okay, well, who's the next, which American should I be looking at? And I get that call a lot, a lot. And when I say Jordi Mihaljevic, they say who? And, and I say, okay, a couple of things. One, he's playing in Montreal. So he's kind of off that screen for people in Europe who are looking for a player. Sometimes they just miss that. Other, other jobs, I mean, other teams do a really good job of promoting their players. FC Dallas, for, for example. Have all those players been a success story when they went to Europe? Absolutely not. But they did a good job of promoting their product. It's, it's, it's one of those catch-22s when it comes to uh, Montreal. You know, they're, they're hyper-focused on results and that's just the way they are. That's their mentality. It's, it's, it's kind of been a thing since, uh, since Drogba was there. But I, I think when you look at, when you look at this, 
Mihalovich is, is, a, is a guy that I don't even expect. I think this June 1st and 5th and 10th and uh, 14th games, which he will be away from Montreal, there's going to be people in the stands watching this kid. I guarantee you that. And my prediction in all of this is when those games are over, still right in the middle of the transfer window, Jordi Mihalovic never goes back to Montreal. Because I think he's that good. And I think he's going to have a couple of good games. We're going to be 20, 25 minutes into a game where that, that the people that are looking at him are going to give the person next to him a nudge and say, let's go have a drink and talk about this kid. How much money do we have? Who do we have to talk to? Who's the agent if they don't already know? Believe it or not, guys, that's how it works. And Jordy's that kind of player. He scored again, I, I think, this, this past weekend. No, I don't know. He scored a week ago. I actually talked to the kid. I mean, we go back and forth on, uh, on Twitter, on the, on the DMs. Because uh, he sent me a really cool picture of him when he was uh, about 11 or 12 years old. And uh, he kept it, which is really neat. You know? And, I, and I, I guess we had a conversation when he was young. And uh, I was just impressed then. You can find it on my Twitter. Uh, I'll send it out again. And I asked him to give me his signature uh, on one of the, I think one of the events we were doing for Fox. I unfortunately have misplaced that, Jordy. I apologize. But I did ask you for it because I knew you were going to be something. And uh, it looks like you will be. But anyway, he's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Now this is where it gets kind of, kind of silly. Uh, and there's one name on this list. I'll, I'll wait till the end to talk about him, but Brendan uh, Aronson's going to be coming in from uh, Salzburg. We all remember he had a little bit of an injury, a little bit of a pause guy, and they figured that out. Paul Ariola, who had a very good weekend, by the way, and Jesus Ferreira, both the FC, FC Dallas products will be brought back in. Jordan Morris from Seattle Sounders and uh, Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah. Tim Weah had a great brace the other day too. Try and catch that one. We flipped it over the goalkeeper and headed it in. It was nice. But the last name on this list is if, if you are a U.S. national team nerd slash, slash fan slash supporter, um, you have heard this name come up on numerous occasions. We were promised a lot more than it in, in, in the beginning, and it just didn't kind of manifest itself the way we thought it would because we were so busy focusing on the likes of uh, Gio Reyna, who is an omission in this group, and they're going to allow him to, to heal up. Ricardo Pepe is not on this list, and that was uh, more of a mental break, as it was described by uh, um, Craig Berhalter. But the name I'm referring to is Haji Wright. Okay, so he's playing in Turkey. He's had a good year. He scored some goals. So he actually is a pretty damn good fit for a game against Morocco, isn't he? But TK being hurt, uh, Sargent having a pretty horrible end to the uh, season. Uh, you know, there was, a, there was an opportunity to, to bring him in. And I think this is, this is, the timing's great. Find out what he's all about. But if you go back and you look at the U16 teams and all those faces of Pulisic and, and McKinney and, and Tyler Adam, and there, there they are, you know, looking as young as they were, always in all of those team photos, whether they were in the locker room or on the field, you'll find Haji Wright. He was a part of that group. And the reason why I mentioned that is that these guys know him. Do I, do I know what the relationship is? Do I know the character of Haji Wright? I'm not going to even go into that. I don't know. But these boys do. His potentially new teammates in a World Cup do. And it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. 
But congratulations to Haji Wright. I think this might end up being the beginning of something. And I really think uh, it's an opportunity that I hope he grabs with both hands and runs with it because we need a forward right now. We need somebody, somebody sticking in the back of the net. Nobody really seems to be able to figure that out right now. And I'm, I'm not, this is not the time to talk about Ricardo Pepe, who's probably, I know that he was just back in Dallas visiting. Uh, and it's a long line out the door. Everybody wanted an autograph. Um, to me personally, I know that maybe a, a, it was a good idea to, to make some money or to appease a sponsor, but that certainly isn't the kind of mental break we were looking for, Greg. So, because every single guy, any single person, every single kid that he signed an autograph for, inside, he knows he let him down. And at some point, there's some kid that probably doesn't know or some dad who's probably saying stuff like, hey, I know you're having a rough time out there, but you'll get it together because you're a good player. Uh, note to fan, players hate that shit. Don't do that. They don't like some guy with a kid telling him that you feel sorry for them. Just don't. They'd rather have you yell at them and say, get it together, figure it out. I'd you'd rather hear that than... Hey, can you sign this for my kid? My kid loves you. Yeah, you suck right now, but hey, we still like you. No, it doesn't work that way in the pro ranks. But anyway, that's the team. Uh, you know, there's a couple of, you know, like, like Bellow's time over there in Armamelia Bielefeld wasn't terrific. So he needs some minutes. Um, there's a couple of omissions in here, of course, where everybody wants to talk about free Brooks. And damn it, why not? Why, why wasn't he on this list? I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to ask. And I, I'm not going to get into who I would replace him with, but I, you know, I like Mark Brooks. I just don't think Mark Brooks. I just call him Mark. John Brooks. Mark Brooks is a golfer. I like John. Um, Anthony Brooks. And the reason why I like him is because he's a leader. And I think sometimes when you're uh, a nervous coach, you don't like guys that are shaking their head in the uh, PowerPoint presentation. You like guys that are shaking their head the right way. Up and down, not to the side to side. And Brooks is just too damn experienced and doesn't give a shit sometimes. So he'll, he'll, he'll rub his coach the wrong way. Welcome to management. But either way, that's it. I'm going to, uh, I, I'm going to say this, you know, June 1st and uh, 5th, don't need to put a lot into it. Um, but Morocco and Uruguay are good games. Now they'll, they'll clearly be televised and I'm, and I'm sure that, you know, the, the, the networks are trying to get their crews together. And who's going to uh, who's going to be doing the calls and what their roles will be and all that? I like the fact that Clint Dempsey is in there. He'll probably have the glasses on. Uh, nice, heartwarming speech of the Hall of Fame. But uh, as far as this team goes, uh, this is this is an interesting. It always seems like an experiment, right? It's like which guys are we trying to fit back into the group, and who are we trying to take care of their bodies? I'll say this: I want Matt Turner in the net if if it's an important game. But shit, give Ethan Horvath some minutes, man. Still at Nottingham Forest. One hell of a year. One hell of a year. He was busier than the other two, times two. Matt Turner's been sitting out with, with, with an injury and Zach, and Zach Seven doesn't play. Let's let, yeah, give Horvath a little a shot here. Give him a shot at something. And let's see how that goes. Let's hope that Carter Vickers gets some minutes and Joe Scally gets to figure out how uh, how it works out for him. But the other issue here and what you need to remember is you know, getting these new guys on the field all at the same time doesn't really help if they're not playing with guys that they're eventually need to be with next to. So you're kind of hoping for Walker Zimmerman 
and, and Carter Vickers to get some minutes together and see what that looks like. Because, you know, look, you know, the behind the scenes meetings and the forced friendship of being on the U.S. national team, it's not easy. It's not easy. And when you go to war in these games, I shouldn't mention the word war, especially right now. But when you go, you know, into, into these games and the difficulty, it certainly, you know, escalates when you get into a World Cup scenario because the importance of the game and you got to know which guys can handle it mentally and physically, but you got to stick together. You got to care about each other. If you don't, if you don't, you can see it. Well, guys like me can see it. So hopefully uh, Scally gets some minutes with Walker Zimmerman because I do think he's going to be a mainstay. And I think uh, uh, Carter Vickers needs to get some minutes as well. And I'm really, really rooting for Haji Wright. We need a forward. We need somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. All right, well, that's it. Uh, the, the, you know, well, I think the Champions League final this weekend uh, will be the turn of my focus uh, in the next podcast. I did have some interesting conversations with some people on the inside because this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a great one. You know, with Liverpool, you know, having their heart broken at, um, this past weekend because they thought they had it. And then it just 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 didn't fall for them. I think previously, I, I did think that Man City would win EPL. And prior to their uh, removal from the Champions League, I, I, I thought Liverpool, this would be, this would be their shot at it. Uh, but look, I mean, Ancelotti and, and uh, Real Madrid, well, it doesn't matter how old these guys. It's a one-off. On a one-off, on a one-off, I usually take uh, Carlo because he is something else. So we see that guy smoking a cigar with his players again. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But that is on Saturday, and I'll talk about that next time. For now, get back to whatever way you were doing. Thank you for uh, making me a part of your day, wherever you might be, wherever you found me on Apple Podcasts or wherever you did, Spotify, it doesn't matter to me. At least you made me a part of your day, and I appreciate you for that. Continue to be good human beings out there. Take care of each other. Be kind, and we'll hear you next time.